I'm a covenant man Living in the riches of my Lord and King I'm a covenant man Committed to him in everything I do believe he'll come again And I know one thing I'm gonna do till then Is learn to live in the blessing of Abraham Hello, I'm David Weeder and I want you to come on in here and let's just talk about turning the world upside down. What do you say, huh? Huh? Come on in here. This is the Covenant Living Broadcast, and we're going to dig into the Word today and find out to do how to do exactly that. Let's just do it, we say. Father, we thank you. We come before the Word of God with such reverence, such honor, and such excitement and anticipation for what the Holy Ghost has for us today. As we study, as we seek your word, seek your will, and seek your way, we thank you for everything that you are doing in our lives, and we keep the devil under our feet with our authority using the name that is above every name, the mighty, matchless name of Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. Well, let's turn over to Acts chapter 17 and get into the Word. In Acts chapter 17, we see a description. We talked about it some last week. We're going to talk about another aspect of it this week. We see a description that every one of us as believers should want to attain the place where people describe us this way. Let's look at Acts chapter 17, and uh, we'll start in verse 5. But the Jews which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. <laughs> I know, I, I laughed last time, I'm going to laugh this time. I, was, I just knew, I knew these guys, man. <laughs> certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. And gathered a company and set all the city on an uproar and assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they found them not, they drew J Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the, and the, of the city. And they said this about him. They cried. That's, that's a loud voice. They cried. These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. What a description. My, 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 my. These men have turned the world upside down. I personally think it probably was a little more accurate to say they were turning it right side up. And that's what we need in, the, in these days and times that we live. We must Preach this gospel for a witness to all men that it works, that Jesus is alive and that through him and only through him can you be saved, born again, truly healed, protected, delivered from all this hell on earth that Satan has worked and connived and shifted and and was a, being able to bring about through the power invested in men. He can't do anything without 
some willing vessel to put words and faith in and behind him. Do you understand that? He's powerless. He's been brought to zero. He has to have men get in agreement with him to get anything accomplished. Well, we, my brother and sister, are not going to be of those that draw back, but we're going to be of those that turn the world upside down. <laughs> Glory to God. I just think that is outstanding. What a testimony. <laughs> Glory to God. The power and authority in the name of Jesus and the right to use it must be experienced, lived, and it must be taught. Has to be. Go with me over to Mark chapter 3. We are going to follow a timeline. Jesus groomed and prepared his disciples to operate in this power and authority and teach others how to do the same thing. And you can see this progression. It said, you know, our Jesus, <laughs> our Jesus, our Jesus, my, 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 there is nobody even come close. You want a mentor? Jesus is your man. <laughs> he will teach you my goodness. Okay. All right. I just I go. I get kind of speechless. Start talking about Jesus. All right. Let's look at Mark chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. And he, Jesus, ordained 12 that they should be with him and that he might send them forth to preach and to have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. Now, that word have is interesting. It means to conceive, to hold, and to keep. So this was not a fleeting event. This isn't a fleeting, um, a fleeting state of being. This was something that they were supposed to conceive within themselves, hold on to it and keep. And that word power, my, 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 it means force. It means mastery. It literally means superhuman delegated authority, power, and strength. That's what Jesus gave them was this power over just to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. Well, how do he give it to them? Turn over to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And we see the same thing after the, now those were the 12, those were the original 12 that we saw there just a moment ago. Now look in, in chapter 10 of, of Luke, at verse 1, after these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whither he himself would come. So now we're not talking about the 12, the 12 apostles. 
Okay, so get that out of your mind. This doesn't just apply to the apostles. Now we're talking about 70 more disciples. Aha, we're all disciples, glory to God. But look, they sent them forth just like he sent the others forth. But look now over in verse 17. How did he send them forth with this authority? And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. <laughs> He's already teaching them. Through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I gave, I give unto you power, we see it again, to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. How do you give the power? Through thy name. And then listen to this. Check this out in verse 20. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. What's he saying? He's saying, look, <laughs> I know you're all excited about these, you know, the devils being subject to you and casting out devils and stuff, but look, that's just, that just goes with the territory. That's just normal operations. Ah, the big thing is your, your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Yes, sure, yeah, the devil's going to be subject to you. <laughs> Through the power of his name. Oh, my glory to God. Now, let's see. Let's look now. We saw the 12. Now we've expanded to the 70. <laughs> Turn over to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16. You know where we're going. Verse 15. Now this is the Great Commission. So the Great Commission applies to everybody, right? Uh-huh. It does. And he said unto them, Go you into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned or condemned. All these signs shall follow those 12 that I originally had. Nope. All these signs will follow those 70 that I sent out before me. <laughs> nope. Uh-uh. All these signs shall follow them that believe in my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God and they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Glory to God. There's actually a double meaning there. Though that word there is italicized. So it's put in there at the privilege of the translators. Let's read it without it. The Lord working with and confirming the word. 
That is very accurate. But guess what? He also worked with them. 1 Corinthians 3, 9, 2 Corinthians 6, 1. We are co-laborers together with God. How? In my name. They shall accomplish these things for the good of humanity. Not to the 12, not to the 70, to you and to me as believers. Glory to God. Woo, hallelujah. Okay, now, I want to point something out, though. They give in the power, right? We just read it. They were all given the power. Go to Mark 9. Go to Mark 9. I want to point out a very absolutely essential element to this. Uh, let's see. Verse. Hmm. Let's see. Here we go. All right. Mark chapter 9, let's look at verse 18. Oh, uh, no, 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 let's see. How far back do I need to back up here? Okay, verse 17. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. Talking about an evil spirit, demon. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnashes with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered, now I've got a question here. This is Mark chapter 9. Um, in Mark chapter 3, he gave them power over evil spirits and over the power of the enemy. This is six chapters later and they could not. Why? This is about, this, this whole ministry is about real answers. Why could they not cast him out? And he answereth him, Jesus answereth him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. He further tells the man in verse 23, Jesus said unto him, If thou can believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Now, I want to go over to Matthew chapter 17 and look at this account. Because it's even more plain in Matthew 17. Let's see. Okay. Same account. Uh, I brought them to thy disciples, verse 16 of, of Matthew chapter 17, to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Jesus said, O faithless perverse nation. He rebuked, Jesus rebuked the devil in verse 18, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, very simply, Because of your 
unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Howbeit this kind goeth forth, uh, goeth out, uh, goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. When you got so many words written around your verses, you can't read them. You got to look close. Goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. But, but notice, it's not the prayer and fasting that, that was the reason they couldn't cast them out. It was their unbelief. The prayer and fasting allows you to hear the words from the Father to use to accomplish the stated objective. But it's because of their unbelief that they could not operate in the power that he had already given them back in Mark chapter 3. That's very, very important because there is a cure and an answer for unbelief and is found in Mark chapter 6. So he had actually already taught them this principle as well. They just didn't quite catch, it, catch up on it. Mark chapter 6 um, and verse 1. And he went out from thence and came into his own country. Now he's coming back home. And his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, From whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is, this not, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph? and of Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. But Jesus said unto them, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, and among his own kin, and in his own house. Now listen. And he could there do no mighty works. Did not say he would not. It said he could not. Why? And he marveled because of their unbelief. Their unbelief, lack of faith. There was no faith there to do the mighty works. So what did he do? The second half of verse 6. And he went round about the villages teaching. In order to have faith, you've got to teach. Hearing, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17 says. It's got to be taught. So the disciples had operated and experienced the power and authority of the name of Jesus. But operating in it and living it does not manifest faith and confidence in something by other people. You have to teach it. I'm reminded of a situation with Brother Kenneth E. Hagin in 1950, an experience that he had with the Lord in Rockwell, Texas. The Lord Jesus appeared to him and told him a, a number of things, but the, the thing that I want to center up on, the Lord Jesus placed the index finger of his right hand in each palm of Brother Hagin's hands, and he told him, he told Brother Hagin, that, he, that Jesus had called him into a healing ministry and placed upon him a special anointing 
to heal the sick. But this is the point I wanted to get to. He told Brother Hagin that he would have to tell that. He didn't want to. Brother Hagin didn't want to do it. But Jesus told him, you are going to have to tell the people wherever you go about what has happened here, what I have said, and what I have done. And Brother Hagin inquired as to, you know, why? And Jesus said, they've got to hear it because if they don't hear it, they won't have faith to receive it. Faith cometh by hearing. They've got to hear it. It's got to be taught. So we're talking about what the disciples of the early church did that turned the world upside down. Last week, we talked about the message of the anointing and the anointed one, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. But it couldn't only be Jesus. Turn with me to Acts chapter 3. And we're going to see exactly how this played out. The second ingredient was the authority and the power in the name above every name, the name of Jesus. Look with me, Acts chapter 3, and we're going to read verse 6. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. Remember, we looked at that word have in Mark chapter 3. He's possessed it. It's his. He conceived it. He held on to it. Such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ. <laughs> now you see how it fits together. In the name of Jesus, the anointed one and his anointing that's able to do this of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he got up. He leapt up. Glory to God. In the name. Now that was the use of the power and authority of the name. But it's got to be taught. There was quite an uproar and Peter began teaching. And he taught and he taught. And you'll see down through here in verse 16, Peter teaches, and his name through faith. He learned it. <laughs> he learned it. You, it can't be unbelief. It's through faith. His name through faith in his name has made this man strong, whom you see and know. The faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. He did it. He used the name and then he taught on it and he taught about faith in the name. It is the perfect illustration of what you will see over and over and over and it's what made these people so mad. You see that in verse or in uh, chapter four, just go right over to chapter four with me. And look, uh, at, we'll begin in verse 5 and read down through it. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes, and Annas the high priest, and, and Caiaphas, and, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? 
And Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done unto the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand before you whole. Look at verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men. Given to us, glory to God. The power and authority in the name has been given to us. I've got to read a section out of E.W. Kenyon's book that will just bless you. And it thoroughly explains better than I've seen anywhere else. So just listen and look at the New Testament church in action. Matthew 1, 21, 23, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For it is he that shall save his people from their sins. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. Luke 2, 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. The name Jesus is inseparably connected with salvation. Sozo, to serve, save, deliver, protect, heal, preserve, do well, and make or be made whole, having nothing missing and nothing broken. Men are baptized into the name. Men pray in the name. Now in that name, the impotent and helpless are made to walk. In Acts 16, 18, we see the apostle Paul casting a demon out of a possessed girl in accordance with Jesus' directives in Mark 16 and 17, setting her free and stirring the city of Ephesus to its very foundation. What power that name has for the church today. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst, according to Matthew uh, 18, 20. The assemblies were taught that when they met, they gathered about that name. What a strange hush must have come upon the, the uh, hearers, the hearts of the disciples when they realized as they gathered in their little meetings that the name was the center around which everything revolved. That their prayers were addressed through that name and in that name the sick were healed. In that name the demons were cast out. In that name the Holy Spirit came upon believers. In that name they worshipped in that name. The name of their absent Lord. All work of the early church was wrought in that name. In Colossians they were taught to do all things in that name. Ephesians said to give thanks always in all things in that name. 1 Corinthians 6 they were washed, sanctified, justified in that name. In James 5.11, anointing the sick in the name, in the name, in the name. We have been baptized into that name publicly and spiritually. We have been put into the Christ by the new birth so that we now are in the vine as one of the branches and the vine is Christ. It is not a question of education or ordination, but merely a question of my apprehending my own true position in Christ and they're using the power that has been legally given to me to every believer. Now go turn the world upside down in that name because Jesus is 
Lord. Thank you, partners and friends, for helping make these broadcasts possible. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, be sure to follow us on Instagram, and you can also listen to our broadcast on iTunes. Contact us at davidweeder.org or call us at 1-800-988-5380 to send praise reports, request prayer, or for more information about our ministry and how to become a partner.